everybody, and welcome to At The Dish, the official Charlotte Knights podcast. I'm Tommy the V Viola, coming to you from Truist Field and back for episode number two. And I'm so excited today as I sat down with Chicago White Sox infielder Danny Mendick. Danny was a guy that we saw here in 2019 with the Charlotte Knights and someone who had a tremendous year for the Knights uh, last year. And uh, so good that he was named to the All-Decade team as a utility player. Just a, a really good season from him. And, you know, we've gotten a chance to see Danny now this year with the White Sox, whether he's playing or dancing for dubs. So we talked to him about those things and more. Here it is, Danny Mendick. Welcome back to At The Dish, the official Charlotte Knights podcast. Tommy the V of Viola. I'm so excited now to be joined by Danny Mendick, 2019 Charlotte Knight, also a member of the All-Decade team. We'll talk to him about that and a member of the Chicago White Sox. Danny, how are we doing? Tommy, how are you, man? Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you for your time today. All right, we're going to have some fun with you, Danny. We get right into it. It's called In The On Deck Circle. This is some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? All right, bring it. All right, first one. This is a good one. Describe yourself in three words. Fun, energetic, competitive. There you go. We knew you were competitive, and uh, you always <laughs> like to have a lot of fun, so that's good. Yeah. Favorite favorite non-baseball activity? Golf. I've heard you're an avid golfer, so that's golfer, good. Okay. Yeah. Love it. I mean, that's got to have a plan B, you know? <laughs> All right. You grew up in Rochester. I want to talk to you about that in a little bit, but you went to a, a lot of Rochester Red Wings games over the years. Uh, we'll talk about your grandfather in a little bit, too. I know he's a 70-year season ticket holder. Who yeah. was your favorite Rochester Red Wings player of all time? You know, it's funny. Um, I probably have two. You know, one of them was Justin Morneau. Okay. He was coming through Rochester. He wasn't there for a long time, but um, and then I had the, the pleasure to play with him, which was yeah. pretty fun. Um, but then, uh, I like Trevor Plouffe. Okay. When we used to watch him, he was an infielder, he played short and stuff like that when he was there. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I love watching him. I love his name. I loved how he played. So. That's awesome. And, uh, and obviously Rochester, uh, being a Minnesota twins affiliate, uh, years before that they were an Orioles affiliate. So you remember more yeah. of them when they were the twins affiliate, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I wish I could say that, you know, I was there for Cal Ripken, but <laughs> that was more of my dad. He knew all about that. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, one other minor league baseball question. Uh, you've uh, had a chance, I'm sure, to wear many different uniforms in minor league baseball. And I'm not necessarily talking about the uh, the home uniform, but uh, the more wacky type uniforms, the throwbacks. Or What was your favorite minor league baseball uniform you ever wore? I'll tell you what, just being able to wear, you know, different uni- uniforms was a lot of fun. You guys did a great job, you know, providing those uniforms for us. I really personally like the... Uh, I think it was the Memorial Day one um, that had the flag and then you could like dazzle it up with the cool socks. Um, there was that one that was light blue. I can't remember what that one was for. I, I'll tell you what, there was a lot of them that I just, it's fun. You put on a jersey like that. It's not, you know, it's it's technically your home jersey or whatnot, but uh, spices it up, makes you want to feel, you know, play a little better. Absolutely. And that's all minor league baseball is to have some fun and yeah. go out there and different, different things. All right. Speaking of minor league baseball and bobbleheads, if they ever made a bobblehead of you, what pose would you be in? What pose? The, I just go, yes. Like, <laughs> here, here we go. No, would you be hitting, fielding? Would you be dancing? What would you be doing? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, probably like fielding. Fielding okay. or like, or maybe like if like arguing with the umpire, just like, <laughs> 
No, I'm just going to be fielding. Awesome. All right. Uh, earlier this year, we saw you with a mustache. So it looks like you have a beard now. Yeah. Uh, you shaved the mustache. That, that to me was one of the best mustaches I've seen <laughs> in a long time. Who has the best facial hair on the team now? Oof, that's a good question. Um, yeah, that, that was top of the line. I'll tell you what, though. I'm going to have to do it again because that go around right there didn't have much hits in it. So <laughs> uh, that's why I got shaved. But I, I'll tell you what, Pito's got that little... Uh, like long little flow going down here and they put, yeah. they put the rubber band on it. That's pretty good. Um, everyone else is kind of just clean bearded, And so I'd have to go with Pito cause he's a little unique. Awesome. Yeah. He's had a, had a great year obviously and has a great, oh, yeah. uh, has a great beard. All right. Uh, last thing on the, uh, in the on deck circle, uh, dancing for dubs, uh, who has been the best guest dancer, uh, that you've had on the coaching staff? I know Don Cooper and Debo have also been a part of it. Who, who is better between the two of them? Well, I'll tell you what, uh, Coop took control of it. He said he wanted, he was going to do it and he had the dance planned and, um, he probably had the most, uh, like energy. And then Debo, Debo just, he's got, he's the best. So he, uh, he just went with the flow and whatever song we ended up playing, he just busted some moves. So I, I can't even say, you know, who'd be the best, but I'm glad they both got on there. All right. That's awesome. We love watching it here in Charlotte. All right, let's go at the dish uh, with Danny Mendick. Uh, Danny, let's go a little background uh, on you, and um, let's have a little fun as well. Uh, let's talk about yourself growing up in Rochester, New York. Uh, we, we we know a lot of the stories of you growing up in Rochester and and being a baseball fan, and and really it started with your family and your grandfather, a 70-year season ticket holder. We know your dad and your family have uh, taken you to games over the years. Obviously, um, when you got a chance to go back there last year uh, as a member of the Charlotte Knights, and here you are playing in Rochester with uh, a number of family and friends uh, out there, I'm sure there were butterflies. I'm sure you were nervous. Take me back to that time. It was fun. It was, you know, we look at the schedule and you say, all right, we're going to Rochester this day. And uh, it finally came up on us um, and it happened. And so that first day when we were playing and, you know, I'm in there and I'm in the locker room and. I was, I was, I was nervous because, you know, normally you're playing in front of a lot of people and you don't know the people. So it's like, okay, you know, it's a little different to be honest. Um, it's awesome. The energy's there and, and yeah, you get butter butterflies for that too. But when you're playing in front of all the people that you love and care about and everyone's in, you know, the same spot and whatnot, um, you know, it's just, a, it was a, a surreal atmosphere. Um, and I, and I glad I got to do it. I know it must have been a fun time for you and uh, being a chance to uh, to play there in a place that you grew up watching. Was that how you had your first love of baseball, being that you were able to go to those games as a kid and, and really get to learn the game a little bit? I think that solidified it. Um, it was more of, I loved, you know, when I was a kid, I just loved playing sports and being outside. Um, I was always, you know, you could ask my mom to this day, but it was always a problem trying to get me to do homework. And it wasn't because I didn't like school. It was just because I wanted to be outside and wanted to do different stuff. Um, I used to, you know, I used to bounce a baseball off a garage door and, and try to field it all day and, and just stuff like that. And then the buddies would come over and we'd play in the front yard. And it was just that that developed a love of it. And then going to the, the Red Wings games was like, all right, you know, I want to do this. I want to be able to play, put on a jer- jersey and play in front of thousands of people. Um so yeah, the Red Wings games definitely helped, but it was always just backyard, front yard, wherever I could play, trying to get out there and, and, and enjoy it. 
Yeah. And obviously, um, you know, you talked about the competitive nature and uh, certainly what I would say from one of those words would be hard working. You know, we saw how hard you worked last year. And, and obviously, if, if you know your story, I mean, you, 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 it seems like you've always worked hard. I mean, whether it was in high school and coming out of high school, right, you didn't have any offers. You go to Monroe County Community College um, and you work hard there, I'm sure. Yep. And it gives you an opportunity to go to UMass Lowell. And, um, you know, right at that time, they became a D1 school. So uh, I'm sure that was a, a big part of going there. But um, and then when you're drafting a 22nd round, it seems like there's a lot of different things for you that you had to do uh, to get to that point. But a lot of it goes back to hard work, I'm sure, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's just, you know, it's consistency. It's trying to to stay positive, even in a negative, sometimes environment. Um, I've always said this, but my route seems like it's kind of been like I was swimming upstream, you know, it was always against the current, um, kind of had things, you know, when you get to the major leagues, it's all glorified and it's great. But you know, when I'm grinding through the minor leagues and 22nd round is a little, little different. So, um, it's been really good. It's kind of molded me to where I am today. Um, and to be honest, you know, I wanted to look back at it. I, I, I said this when I got drafted, but, you know, I'm going to give it everything I got so that at the end of the day, I can go to bed at night knowing, all right, well, I gave 110% or whatever, and I didn't make it, but um, I'm at least going to give it everything that I got. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you talk about, the, you know, the minor leagues and the different teams that you played with coming through this organization. 2016, I'll take you back to a time in July where I think it was seven teams in 20 days where you went yeah. back and forth. We remember you coming here to Charlotte. It was Charlotte to Winston-Salem and Winston-Salem to Charlotte to Kannapolis. Um, yeah. It wasn't flying, so you didn't get any frequent flyer no. miles, but it was driving, <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, what, yeah. was that, what was that time like for you? That was pretty hectic. Um, I remember my parents came to when we played on the 4th of July in Charlotte. And uh, I was basically living out of my car. I mean, to an extent, I had all my stuff in my car and I was going from hotel to hotel. And my dad, I opened up the back of the trunk and like I had everything kind of like neatly, like all, all the suitcases were open. I had my golf clubs back there. And then like I had the suitcases open and like all the clothes were just like neatly pointed there. So it was like, all right, what do I need for today? I'll take this. I'll take this. And then I would go up to the hotel room, but, um, no, it was good. You know, like I said, it's one of those things where it molds you and, you know, in the end of the day, when, uh, guys have to encounter different circumstances that are sometimes hard, I've kind of grinded through that. I've been through that. So I know how to handle it mentally. Yeah. And does that make you maybe a better player or a better person knowing that you had to go through those different things? Absolutely. You know, sometimes it's when people have easy routes, it can be easy to let negatives affect you. And uh, it's not the type of person I am. That's not the type of person that I want to be. So um, it, it definitely helped mold me. I want to ask you about two people in this organization um, to me that I would think of that probably have uh, helped you a little bit. Um, one of them was your manager, Willie Harris, uh, who certainly carved out a great role for himself, you know, 12 years in the majors and was a, you know, a key part of the 2005 White Sox. And, uh, you know, uh, a guy that, um, you know, played different positions. He was your manager uh, back in 2017. What did you learn anything from Willie? At a time in my career in what was it? 17 when I started to become a starter regularly and, I remember in the beginning of the year, he was like, didn't really have high hopes. And we, I, I didn't really know him too well. And then we started to play and we were in Salem, Virginia. And I went off that series and I was doing well in the beginning. And then I went off and I remember he came up to me and he goes, I didn't think boys from New York could play. <laughs> and then uh, ever since that, he just would give me tips and it would just be like, you know, Willie was one of those guys that is in the same position as I am. So, or was, and uh, 
he knew how it worked. So he would always say, he said, man, you got to play with a chip on your shoulder because nothing's going to be handed to you. Nothing ever is going to be handed to you. So, and that's the way I looked at it. And that, and, and throughout the course of the year, if something happened, he'd be like, man, he's like, don't let that get to you. He goes, just keep playing the course. And so, you know, I'm, I'm super thankful for him. Um, got to, got to reach out to him. I haven't talked to him in a little bit, but just a great guy. He ever tell you the time he scored the the winning run in uh, game four, 2005? <laughs> no, but I bet if I talk to him now about it, he would definitely let me know. <laughs> All right. And then one other guy I want to ask you about, he's a, he's a coach now with the White Sox and that's Super Joe McEwen, another guy who, you know, certainly Super Joe, uh, we know him from his days as a player, but uh, carved out a nice role for himself as a utility player. You guys talk uh, together a lot about the, your role with the White Sox? Yeah. You know, uh, Super Joe is, is a great guy and he's, He's, it seems like he's always, always on my side and, uh, he's very, very willing to help me, um, knows how it is, knows how the game's played. Um, like you said, he's been there, he's done it. So, you know, when, when you've been there and you've done it and, and you got guys that are doing it behind you, um, it's easy to help guys like that. So he's always got different things to say and, and they're always very impactful and, and when to keep your head up and when to focus on certain things and whatnot. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's great to have guys around like that because for me, um, they, they help and I like to learn. So it's, it's great to have guys that have, you know, great words of wisdom. No, that's awesome. And I'm sure he's been a great guy. He was a, he was a manager in Charlotte a number of years back. Um, okay. Last thing at the dish, um, I want to ask you about the dancing for dubs, obviously. Tell me how it started and then tell me, I know you have the cleats and you're doing the giveaway and a chance to raise some money for charity. So tell me a little bit about that and the whole dancing for dubs. Yeah. So dancing for dubs started, we were in Cleveland. Um, and with the coronavirus, they had like everyone split up in locker rooms. So like there was the main locker room and not everyone could fit in there. So then me, Cease and Collins were in like this kitchen off the corner and it was just us three. And, uh, we brought our own little speaker in there. And after the game, we were jamming out. We we're just about to go to Kansas city and Cease took a video of me and Collins dancing and we threw it up on Instagram, on Instagram and social media and, and hashtag the dancing for dubs and people just loved it. So, you know, we kind of went off with it, kind of had, you know, some fun with it and we're doing it. And then, you know, unfortunately Zach got optioned and I tried to keep it going. I still try to keep it going. Um, it's a little harder now, uh, but I'm going to, you know, especially in, now that we just clinched the playoff spot, I'm going to try to enjoy it and, and the giveaway. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to try to do this thing where uh, people are going to buy a shirt that I make that's, uh, you know, supporting this charity. It has my logo on it. There's a local charity in Chicago. This lady basically took in young kids and she still does that are in tough situations in South side of Chicago. So want to support that. And then, you know, it's not about me making money. I want to help other people out. So, um, that's, that's what I'm going to, I'm going to try to do with these shoes. Yeah. And we saw it's the 22nd, uh, round brand, right? So, uh, tell me, um, yeah. how can they get more information about that? If somebody's interested? I have an Instagram page. It's called 20 second round. Um, and then it'll take you to my website. I'm still kind of in the process of getting more apparel this off season. It's going to be where I'm going to get all the apparel out and, and have a store and stuff like that. But soon I'll have the t-shirt up and then you can, once you buy the t-shirt, you'll be in the giveaway and then I'll end up picking someone who bought a t-shirt. And I wanted to create a brand that I liked and, and, and it was something that I would wear and that people could, you know, wear themselves. And, uh, like I said, it's not, it's not about me making money. It's about, I want to give back to the community and feel like this is a good way for me to do it. 
Well, that's awesome. We uh, we certainly appreciate that, and we appreciate your time that you spend in the Charlotte community. We know you you helped out here quite a bit when you were here as well. All right, it's time for heading home. This is the last question of the show, and I do this with everybody. Danny, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? It was, don't try to prove the haters wrong. Try to prove the people that love you right. It's one of those things that kind of hit home. You know, you sit you sit there and you think, man, you know, you're right. You're not trying. Who who, who cares about people that that hate you and, and hate the way you play and why are you trying to prove them right? You got all these people that love and support you, your family, your friends and, and whatnot, try to prove them right. And uh, it's kind of the way that I want to live and, and, and play this game just to prove all the people that love me that, you know, that they know that I'm doing everything I can for them. That's awesome. And Danny, we, uh, we really appreciate your time today. Uh, we, we really, you know, we, we enjoyed having you here in Charlotte. We're so happy for everything that's been going on for you this year. So happy for the White Sox. Congratulations on clinching the playoffs and, and continue uh, everything this year. And it's been exciting to watch from afar. And we're so happy for the organization. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. Thank you very much. Love Charlotte. Awesome. There he is, Danny Mendick. Thank you so much, Danny. Take care now. Thanks, guys. See ya. And thanks again to this week's guest, Danny Mendick. Really good stuff there from Danny. And, you know, I always uh, appreciated Danny's time uh, last year in Charlotte, whether it was on the field, off the field, in the community. Danny, just a, a great guy. And we're so happy that he's done so well this year. And we'll continue to look uh, at him and everything that the White Sox accomplish here as the month of September comes to a close and into the postseason. So we're excited for the White Sox, excited for Danny. And thank you for joining me on episode number two of At The Dish. We'll see you next week.